I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show Podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives uh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. No bread, no corn, no pie, cake, desserts of any kind, no whole milk, no beans, no butter, no sugar, no potatoes, candy, ice cream, salad <laughs> dressings, or peanut butter. Yes, sir. You came here with nothing but fat. You're going to leave here with nothing but muscle. Yes, sir. Well, the kids are eating pretty good in the Jersey City school system today, looks like it anyway. On this December 12th, Wednesday, they're having garden burgers on a whole wheat bun. Whole wheat bun. Bunhole. Bunhole, I turned that into. You remember yesterday we were talking about things people fit in their so-called bunholes. I went to Quota.com and found some more. Somebody fit a human head in there. Can you believe that? (laughs) An entire human arm. Why am I fascinated? A bowling pin, the fat end first, and a 16-ounce Coke bottle. Can you even imagine? Oh, garden burgers. Guarding boogers. I can't say that B word. I, I, that's just too low. I've sunk too low. Guarding uh, boogers. I went to mensjournal.com, but this is interesting. Check this out. According to a scientific study from the American Society of Microbiology, picking your nose and eating it is healthy for all people. Apparently, snot contains salivary mucins that help form barriers against cavity-causing bacteria, so eat up. In another study, evidence supports that eating your snot (laughs) can actually strengthen your immune system, wow, and defend against HIV. Austrian lung specialist Professor Friedrich Bischinger says eating the dry remains of what you pull out of your nose is a great way of strengthening the body's immune system. Medically, it makes great sense, and it's a perfectly natural thing to do. Supplement your breakfast this morning. Bissinger also believes that people who pick their nose are healthier, happier, and better in tune with their bodies than others. He says we should get rid of the negative social stigma. And in fact, he believes nose-picking should be encouraged. Don't pick your nose. Don't pick your nose. Oh, come on, do it. Not with fingers, not with toes. Not with your sisters or your bros. No, don't. Now, when you have those garden burgers today, you'll have broccoli, too. And in tribute to 41, remember George Bush? 
Uh, we miss you now, George. He didn't like broccoli. Didn't like it at all. I do not like broccoli. And I haven't liked it since I was a little kid. And my mother made me eat it. And I'm president of the United States. And I'm not going to eat any more broccoli. You don't have to eat it anymore, George. The kids will also have three-quarter cups sweet potato tots. Sweet potato tots like Napoleon Dynamite. Boy, give me some of your tots. No, go find your own. Come on, give me some of your tots. No, I'm freaking starved. I didn't get to eat anything today. Oh, God. Gross. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I love that movie. I went to stylecraze.com because the next item on the menu today is a cup of pineapple. Cheesy kids eating good garden burgers, broccoli, sweet potato tots, and a cup of pineapple. Not to exceed 14 segments. Seems pineapple juice uh, is good for constipation. You may have heard how effective pineapple juice is for treating consto. It acts as a natural laxative that does wonders in regulating your bowel movements. There's nothing better than a glass of fresh pineapple juice first thing in the morning to help ease constipation. So do it. Visit your nose first and then down that delicious pineapple juice. Bon appetit, Jersey City school kids. There's your school lunch menu. I have a pen. I have an apple. Uh, apple pen. I have a pen. I have pineapple. Uh, pineapple pen. Apple pen. Pineapple and we're pulling into the station right on time, my friend. Right on time for Kurt Chucky Godchuck and his word of the week. Come on, Kurt. Thanks, Clay. And were you out over the weekend? No, Chuck. The shoppers are like barbarians out there. In what way, Chuck? They're like, well, according to Merriam-Webster, they're like people from an alien land, culture, or group believed to be inferior, uncivilized, or violent. <laughs> does that mean they're from Barbaria, though? Uh-uh. No, of course not. There's no such place. But what does it mean? I don't know. Let's take a look at our word of the week, barbarian. We can trace the word back to the late 14th century root barbar, when it was used alternately by various parochial peoples to mean non-Roman, non-Greek, or non-Christian, but basically referred to someone speaking a language other than one's own. But why they were called barbars isn't clear. There's some speculation that it referred to the Barbary coast of northern Africa, and that also gave us the term Berber for people from western Africa. Interesting. Assumedly due to the migration rates. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Other sources suggest that it actually stemmed from the mocking of an unknown tongue, suggesting they were just saying bar, 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 bar. It was eventually generalized, and by the time the 1889 edition of the Century Dictionary came out, it just meant any so-called uncivilized people. The word has nothing to do with the most barbarous of professions, however, the barber. That word is a 13th century French word derived from the Latin word barbara, meaning beard. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a Which reminds me... I should get to the barber for a trim and a bloodletting before we go to visit my mother for Christmas. 
Maybe I'll just go do that now. Until next week, Clay. Don't let the barbarians get you down. I love you, Kurt Chalky Gotchalk, you miniature minotaur, you and your word of the week. <laughs> Barbarian. You had me watching old Conan uh, clips last night. I love Conan the Barbarian. And I love Kurt Chalky Gotchalk. You'll hear his word of the week at 8.39 precisely. Each magic, marvelous Monday morning on Wake and Bake. All right, good morning, Clay and Glisteners. Joe Belock here with another edition of Almost Famous, our look at the formative years of your favorite rock and roll legends. See if you can guess who it is without looking it up on the internet. I may not be able to do it, but I'll try. <laughs> Don't worry, we got an easy one for you today, so you shouldn't even have to look it up. Our story today begins in Ankara, Turkey, where our subject was born in 1952. His father was a clerical officer in the British Foreign Service, so our subject spent his early childhood moving from place to place, spending time in Mexico, Egypt, and Germany. When he was nine, he and his brother, who was one year older, were sent to boarding school in London. He soon fell in love with records by Little Richard, the Beach Boys, and Woody Guthrie. This land is your land, and this land is my land, from California. The New York Island. In fact, he played Guthrie's record so frequently, his classmates nicknamed him Woody. You can do it, Woody! He enrolled at the Central School of Art and Design in London. He lasted one year there, but it was during this time that a college friend taught him to play guitar. Even though our subject was left-handed, the friend was a righty and taught him how to play that way. Unorthodox. Our subject then moved to Newport, Wales, with the plan to enroll in the art school there. While he never matriculated, he did hang around with a group of students who eventually formed a band called the Vultures. Our subject spent a year and a half as their rhythm guitarist and part-time vocalist. During this time, he worked a day job as a grave digger. The band eventually broke up and our subject returned to London in 1974. After a few months as a street performer, he formed a band with his roommates called the 101 All-Stars, with the number referring to the address of their West London squat. They started out playing R&B and blues covers, but our subject came up with an original song that they decided to release as their first single. They decided to shorten their name to the 101ers, and as we listen to that song, Keys to Your Heart, see if you can guess who our future legend is. Okay, that was the 101ers and their 1976 single, Keys to Your Heart. Did you get it? No! That single turned out to be the first and last release by the band, because by the time it came out, the 101ers were history. In April of 1976, a then-unknown band called the Sex Pistols opened for them, and as our subject said years later, five seconds into their first song, I knew we were like yesterday's paper. We were over. If I get the feeling you've been cheated... Anxious to get into the punk scene, 
he quit the 101ers. Little did he know that a newly formed band had been impressed with his performances and was about to make him an offer to join them. I'm gonna make him an offer again with you. 48 hours later, the new band had their new singer, their first practice, and by July had played their first gig. Here is former 101ers frontman John Malore, who by this time had adopted a new stage name, Joe Strummer, in honor of his rudimentary wrong-handed guitar skills, and his new band, The Clash, belting out a number from their debut album, Career Opportunities. talking to uh, Robert. He's a barber at Danville Manor in Danville, Kentucky. That's right? Yes, sir. That's right. That is correct. How's things going for you, Robert? Actually, it's going pretty good, Mr. Clay. Uh, business has picked up. Uh, things are getting better. We even added another barber, and uh, wow. business is going good. Right. I see your ratings there online. You got five stars. Everybody loves Danville Manor. And yes, they, sir. And they even say you should go see Robert. He's the guy to see. So you're pretty handy with a pair of scissors, huh? Scissors, clippers, razor, Mr. Clay. Either <laughs> one. See, because we'll give you a hot shave and clipper the top of your head all at the same time. What makes a, a good barber besides the talent at cutting hair? Is it like being a bartender? Do you have to listen to people? Is there a lot of psychology involved? It's a lot of psychology involved. I mean, because even as a barber, like a bartender, if your client feels comfortable about being around you, you don't have a problem with sharing. Because a lot of times what's most important for me is not that I can cut your hair the best that you ever had it cut, it's more of what you get while you sit in my chair, my interaction with you, my, my willing to listen to you, you know, my responding on, on your response. Do people ever, do they ever confide in you? Every day, Mr. Clay. Every day I, I someone confide, you know. I mean, from coworkers to clients, absolutely. Right, so you probably occasionally hear something you may, may not even wish you had heard, but you got to kind of keep it under your uh, vest, right? Absolutely, and I do, and, and that's very important, see, because once my clients realize they can share, you know, anything they want to with me, it, it apt them to want to be, you know, to come back, they know they can they can trust in sharing things with me. It's funny, Robert, you know, this might sound kind of sexist, but we men used to imagine that it, it was the ladies who gossiped at the beauty parlor, but the men <laughs> are doing it too, huh? Yeah, men gossip too, women gossip a little different than we do, but at the same time, we... We do gospel. See, we have a lady barber here. Before she came in here, we talked about sports and women. Right. You know, yes, sir. You, now we, we talk about sports <laughs> and, and talk about women a little bit. Now, is it just as important as the people in the chair? Is it the setters, the people who are sitting in there and visiting with each other? It becomes a real community place, doesn't it? That's exactly what it is. We have guys that come in and just sit and just enjoy the atmosphere. Right. It's an important part of a small town, isn't it? It is. It, it really is. Our atmosphere here is created spiritually, you know, because of what we got on TV and what we talk about and things of this nature, keeping it to where even our grandmama don't have a problem bringing our grandson in. Right. Now, do you cut little kids' hair, too? That's got to be a challenge. It is sometimes, you know, but my motto is if the mother or father don't mind about the baby crying, Robert don't either. Somebody in our audience today is depressed or not feeling so good. Uh -huh. what's, what's your uplifting uh, words for people out there who need a little encouragement today, Barbara Robert? 
what I would tell them is to believe in what they say they believe in. And if they don't believe, try to find something to believe in. Because the way life shows up, Clay, sometimes we got to have something that we could believe in that's a power greater than ourselves that we can lean on. The thoughts that we have in our head is, is what gets us in trouble. And if we don't have no power greater than ourselves to help us with those thoughts, we do what I call go upstairs in your head and get the moving stuff around. That's some, some wise advice there. Well, lots of love to everybody there in the uh, Danville Manor in Danville, Kentucky. And we'll talk to you again soon, okay, Robert? Shove that potato. Do you hear me? You shove that potato in your gas oven and slam, slam, slam it. So Donnegan's pulse is so weak, we propped him up. And still he cannot speak. All he says, he will not eat. His vegetables, he will not eat his meat. So we've run a wire where the sun don't shine. Pass a horrible shock through the hole in his behind. That ought to step him out of it. That ought to make him go. He'll be feeling better presently. If the fuse don't blow. Restrain him, please. And depress his tongue. We're about to send a gigawatt straight up his bum. Is the enema complete? Has the shaving all been done? There must be no malted milk ball when we set the probe to stun. Restrain him, please, and depress his tongue. We're about to send a gigawatt straight his bum. Is the enema complete? Has the shaving all been done? There must be no malted milk bowl when I put the probe on stun. Wonderland, a chocolate wonderland of love. Wonderland, I must not perforate my glove. The tingling of the Rayovac, connected to a wallen sack. Flip the switch, turn it on. If he's emptied out, if you've mowed his lawn, then hit the power, send the juice straight into his caboose. Edison's final hootenanny, medicine for the mortal fanny. Mom. Station Manager Ken with your Hump Day Hazmat Report. Thank you, Clay Pigeon, and good morning, Mr. and Mrs. America. From coast to coast and border to border and all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Richmond, Rhode Island. Man trying to cook meth triggers hazmat response. Police contacted by the man's girlfriend who arrived home to find her boyfriend making meth with cold medicine, Sudafed, and bounce fabric softener and dryer sheets. Williamston, North Carolina. 5,000 gallons of untreated sewage erupted and flew sky high from a manhole located at the intersection of Thelma and East Main Street. The deadly geyser was caused by greasy buildup. Idaho State University. Fear powder, which prompted hazmat response, has been ID'd and it poses no threat whatsoever. None. None! Norman, Oklahoma. Walmart on interstate drive evacuated after shoppers complain of burning eyes. Rattlesnake Bayou, Louisiana. Oil spills from a well at Port Sulphur. Concord, New Hampshire. Fear powder goes airborne at the New Hampshire Democratic Party office, but it poses no threat whatsoever. No threat! We're under no threat at all. 
Provinceville, New Jersey, a robot gone berserk. Hospitalizes 24 Amazon workers after it rips open a can of bear repellent spray in a warehouse. Bear spray contains capsaicin, which is odorless, hydrophobic, pungent, and poisonous. Vancouver, Washington. Columbia River Natural Pet Foods recalls cow pie fresh frozen meats for dogs and cats because of Listeria monocytogenes contamination, which can cause fatal infections not in the pets, but in human beings. Sacramento, California. California hit hard by a ground beef salmonella outbreak linked to a 12 million pound recall. That's a big kielbasa. Holdage station manager, Ken, you are out of time. Giant kielbasas, meth cookers, untreated sewage, airborne fear powders, and berserk robots. I think that's just about enough for one day. I don't think that, well, I don't know if the glisters can take it. Glisters, do you want one more hazmat item today? They say go, station manager, Ken. Keith B, New Jersey. Officials recall chicken products sold at New Jersey ShopRite stores because the products are misbranded and may contain allergens. <laughs> You'll hear the hazmat report at 839 each wonderful Wednesday on Wake and Bake. Be careful, you guys. It's a it's a dangerous voice if you turn that spotlight around. Now shine it brightly on one very special town in our listing area. Our civic showcase community for the week is Plainfield, New Jersey. Plainfield is sometimes called the Queen City. It's 28 miles west of us here in Jersey City. Plainfield population, 49,808, and it's growing. There's no mention of the Lenape in Plainfield's history. But you know they were there. Plainfield was settled by Quakers in 1684. Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice are shot from guns. In Plainfield, you'll find the Nathaniel Drake House, headquarters for George Washington. In the Battle of Short Hills, 1777. Washington is said to have observed British troop movements from Washington Rock, a national observation point in the Wachung Mountains. Or is it Wachung? Wang Chung. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. Wang Chung. Plainfield was known for its wealthy back in the 19th and 20th centuries. Look at the architecture and the Neighborhoods like Sleepy Hollow with their landscape streets and those stately, beautiful homes. Then came the Plainfield Rebellion, July 1967, an offshoot of civil disturbance of the Newark riots. A Plainfield police officer lost his life. Hundreds were injured, thousands of dollars, and Damage was done by looters and arsonists. Eventually, the New Jersey National Guard was called in to quiet the disturbance. It took them three days to do so. The more affluent east side of Plainfield has seen increased diversity in recent years. The West End is a tightly knit African-American community. And now Latino residents have added a new vibrancy and vitality 
to Plainfield. Plainfield Silk Palace Barbershop was shown by Parliament member George Clinton. In the late 50s and 60s, it was an important hangout for musicians and singers. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. There's a large and diverse LGBTQ community in Plainfield. Excellent. Cementing the town's reputation as an important hub of gay life in suburban New Jersey. Openly gay, Governor James McGreevy was from Plainfield. I engaged in an adult consensual affair with another man. Soul singer Lee Field from Plainfield. If you keep a laugh on the inside, it'll hurt you later. As is jazz pianist Bill Evans. Oh, we'd love to be your radio station, Plainfield, New Jersey. We hope you're listening. We do hope you're listening, Plainfield, at all the cities of New Jersey. been asking you to go to the Waybam. The Waybam means wake and bake answering machine. And uh, tell us what the first album you ever bought was or cassette or CD download, uh, eight track, whatever it was. We had so many interesting ones this week, actually more than I could even use. But I'm going to stockpile them and we'll play uh, we'll play them next week if we couldn't get to them this week. We'll just keep this thing going. I like it. 201-701-1695. Leave your first pick on the way, Bam. One more time. 201-701-1695. Let's see what some people had to say over the past week. Hey, Clay, this is Chris from Highland Lakes, New Jersey, in beautiful Sussex County. The first album I ever purchased was Cheap Trick Live at Budokan. Good morning, Clay and listeners. This is Minneapolis Coco. My first cassette was In Vogue Funky Divas. Bye. Hey Clay, this is Slam and Sammy in Jersey City, and the uh, first album I ever bought was a cassette tape of EMF Schubert Dip. You're unbelievable. You're so unbelievable. Hey Clay, my first cassette I bought, I think I was in kindergarten, and it was Joan Jett and the Black Heart. I love rock and roll. Wake and bake, baby. Hey, Clay, this is Fletcher from New York City. The first album I ever bought was Queen's A Night at the Opera. Happy morning, everybody. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy caught in a landslide?
Hi, Clay. My first album that I ever purchased with my own Christmas money was the Aqua album. I was a Barbie girl. I grew up in the age of the Spice Girls, Britney, all that good stuff before I discovered rock and roll. Definitely a 90s baby. Oh, hi, Clay Pigeon. The first single 45 I bought was at Kmart with Fox on the Run by Sweet, which is pretty solid mid-70s rock jam. Okay, bye. This is Nick Cisco from Moonaki, New Jersey, on my way to good old East Orange. My first CD that I ever bought was Dirty by Sonic Youth, and I hope everybody who's hearing this has a great day today. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, oh, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.